Hi, everybody. This is Ken Wilson. Once upon a time, I broadcast blues hockey. I always listen to Let's Go Blues Radio. It's everything you'll want as a blues fan. Oh, baby. Have you lost weight only to gain it right back after returning to your routine? Did your diet work for someone else but not you? Rockin' That ID Life helps you understand your genetic makeup to find a lifestyle that fits your needs. Together, you and RockinThatIDLife.com can focus on your health and meet your goals today. That's RockinThatIDLife.com. Center Ice Brewery is a proud sponsor of Let's Go Blues Radio. If you haven't heard, Center Ice Brewery beer is now exclusively available at beer stores around town. So make sure you pick some up on your next milk and eggs run. That's Center Ice Brewery. Please drink responsibly. Get ready. To hear some noise tonight, you're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. Let's have a Donnybrook. Eric Brewer was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Are we like Ogilcorp? Are we suspended? I I reciprocated the dickness. Selfish, Selfish hockey. hockey. That's right. Selfish hockey. What did I tell you about stick tape? You don't need it no doubt about it eh you're listening to kurt bill and jeff on let's go blues radio the original st louis blues hockey fan podcast take it away boys hey blues fans i like to consider myself a friend of the show this is tsn analyst and former blues netminder jamie mcclennan and here's kurt bill and jeff on let's go blues radio Welcome to Season 10, Episode 58. This is Episode number 376 all-time of Let's Go Blues Radio. We are the often-imitated, never-duplicated, how-many-licks-does-it-take-to-get-to-the-center-of-our-tootsie-pops. We're the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast and the longest-running St. Louis Podcast. Special thanks to rockin'thatidealife.com and centerizedbrewery.com for proudly sponsoring the show. Please check them out. It is Wednesday, September 21st, and we're broadcasting live on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter, maybe. Uh, I say maybe because we're using a new streaming service for this show for the first time, and uh, so we'll see how this goes this evening. Uh, you listeners or what, viewers may notice uh, some visual differences already. Um, I am Kurt Price, and my co-hosts for tonight's show are Bill Day and Jeff Ponder, and this will be our, uh, I think, our final show of Season 10. Um, training camp starts Thursday, and that means we launch a new new season. So, uh, season eleven um, for the longest running St. Louis podcast next week, probably, huh? Uh, the I like agenda it. for tonight's I like the, it. The, the agenda for tonight's big show includes discussion about um, another egg being landed at Traverse City this year, uh, Scandella's uh, injury, and how that affects things. Uh, do we think O'Reilly will be resigned? Next offseason, uh, Nathan McKinnon's massive contract extension, how that may affect the rest of the Central Division after the season. Um, let's see. And we'll uh, play a taped interview. Uh, Jeff interviewed uh, Coach Joe Bova Conti of the 19 and under elite AA St. Louis Lady Cyclones. So, all of that and more on this episode of Let's Go Blues Radio. Gentlemen, how are you this evening? Are you enjoying the new interface? I am loving it. Look, I, can you guys see? We've we've got YouTube and Facebook comments right next to each other. Uh, I guess I that, that only I see you just pulled that up. I think that only happens when new actual comments come in. Okay. And I'm guessing that hasn't happened. Like, go ahead and I'd say pull that up. Somebody comment. Let's see. Let's yeah. see what happens here. 
um but yeah this is this is fantastic um i love but there it is yeah i love it this is great nice and if i and if i get rid of this chat overlay and then bring it back okay still up there there you go good Good to know cool so uh we'll, we'll leave it up for now until it gets a little nasty yeah this is this is awesome i love it better uh bill you look great as always oh you know rocking the uh the new upgraded webcam and amazing new headset uh so you guys are coming in crystal clear so looking forward to uh season 11 after we wrap up season 10 here tonight Oh, hello, Brandy Capone. This is my comment. Austin Lynch. Woo. Uh, I don't want to do the Ric Flair's. It'll piss the other two guys off on the show. But yeah, yeah you can see we're actually able to display the comments now. This is. Woo. <laughs> Hope my porn bots. I can turn this off if the porn bots come. But uh, or, you know, for those for those that enjoy that kind of thing, maybe we'll just leave it up there. Yeah, or if, you uh, know, it's just a really shitty show. Just leave them go. That is a that is a possibility as well. Sure, that could make it a lot more fun. <laughs> uh, Cameron Smith, loving the new show, gents. Uh, greetings from Washington State. Nice. So that's always been an issue, I think, for us since we started with where we were before um, with Facebook comments. It was always kind of hard to keep track of both because yep. we had to have. The YouTube up, the Facebook up. Hopefully, eventually, we'll have Twitter now, too, to where we can actually stream it on Twitter. Um, we don't have to have those windows open anymore. This is fantastic. Yeah, this is... Uh, <laughs> and uh, more of that girl, Amy, is uh, still awake. That's impossible. Was it 938? I'm going to roll over and wake her up. <laughs> See... <laughs> All right, I think I'm going to toggle you off for the rest of the show, Jeff. <laughs> I can do that, you know. Sorry, Amy. Mind your P's and Q's. Kurt, I am not sorry to you. I am sorry to Amy. All right, well, then we'll toggle you off. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, where am I? I lost my place in so the we, uh, we, uh, show. Well, we were talking a little bit about the end of the season here, and I just want to say with this being basically our last summer show, uh, we've had a lot of awesome guests this summer. I know... You know, you look at it as somebody who's maybe not in the St. Louis area or somebody who doesn't maybe follow St. Louis hockey. Um, and obviously, you know, last uh, last uh, offseason, we had former Blues players come on. We've had four, we've had podcasters from other teams come on. We've done, you know, summer interviews with Rutherford, Korak, Strickland, all the, you know, the big reporters of the team and such. But like for me, this was the most fun one to do. Um, you guys kind of mentioned last week that these are fun because you can listen to them anytime. There's no like immediacy, like, oh, there's a new show waiting to listen to it. You can pull up the Jincy Dunn interview a year from now and it will still be relevant. So I just want to say that for me, this past summer has been a lot of fun getting to know, um, you know, Blue Special Hockey was a special one for me. Uh, talking to uh, uh, the the Science Center about their hockey project they were running, um, the Blues Warrior Hockey, and then, of course, this one, Lady Cyclones. It's just been a lot of fun to kind of learn about these St. Louis programs, and I'm hoping the people who tuned in for them learned a lot and enjoyed the interviews themselves. Uh, we have uh, worked out an agreement to uh brock and this is kind of an, our announcement that we were discussing earlier today a part of it um we have worked out an agreement to broadcast a show live 
from Cardinals Nation in Ballpark Village, which is right across the street from Bush Stadium, on October 15th, which is the date of the Blues season opener versus the Columbus Blue Jackets. So we aren't sure what exactly time yet that that uh, broadcast is going to happen because that time will be determined by the Cardinals playoff baseball schedule. So they'll uh, we don't want to be going on the same time as the Cards game. So it'll either be before uh, the game if it's an evening Cardinals game or it'll be after the game if it's an afternoon Cardinals game. So um, hopefully we'll have time between the Cards game and the Blues game to fit that in. <laughs> Wouldn't it be better to do a brunch show if the Blues have their home opener that night? You know what? You know what? That I mean, we could do a brunch show. I mean, it'll be worked out. So we, I'm sure we'll have yeah. all kinds of times to choose from. Uh, Bloody once Mary's all around. Yeah, once the oh, Cardinals. Oh hell uh, yes! <laughs> um, but we're scheduled to be there. So broadcasting live and giving away stickers and maybe some other stuff. Um, for those, I just want to interrupt you there, Kurt. Not maybe we will be giving away other stuff. Okay, I got well, some I, things I know, I'll I be giving a, away as well. I have a bunch of stuff. Including your virginity. No, that's way gone. Uh, I lost that. Well, wait, which way? Male or female? Well, I mean. Let's not go there. Well, you just hold up your hand. <laughs> no. <laughs> Why, has it got hair on it? Maybe. <laughs> uh, so for those of you who do not know, the uh, Cardinals Nation is the home of the official pregame party of the St. Louis Cardinals. So at this time of year, you know, you got Blues hockey ramping up. You've got the Cardinals uh, approaching postseason, uh, which they're in almost every season. Um, so uh, there's a nice little crossover between Blues fans and Cardinals fans and uh, games being on the same days and whatnot. So uh, there should be a lot of people downtown on that day for the Blues. Even if the Cardinals don't play uh, that day uh, in the playoffs, there's going to be Blues fans down there to watch the Blues home opener, season opener. Um, at Cardinals Nation on their on their TVs. It's a nice place to watch the game. Um, Cardinals Nation hosts the official pregame party of the St. Louis Cardinals before every home game inside the Hall of Fame Club on the second floor inside Cardinals Nation. It's actually a, an all-inclusive party for two and a half hours up until the first pitch of the Cardinals game that day or evening. Uh, a full buffet with stadium favorites such as hot dogs, brats, nachos, entree selections, salads, and desserts, along with a full-service and all-inclusive bar. Uh, join the Rabbit Cardinals fan base for what has become a game day tradition. The uh, party is interactive with all patrons. Everyone has a chance to play fun games, trivia, random giveaways, and spot a Cardinals legend from time to time. Tickets will be available for the final homestand at cardinals.com slash pregame. So uh, season ticket holders and Hall of Fame or Hall of Fame Museum members, you will receive a $10 off uh, as a thank you. So uh, tickets are normally $40. So if you're a season ticket holder or a Hall of Fame museum member, you get 10 bucks off of that. So it's only 30 bucks. And, and can I just add, and Kurt, yeah. I know you've done it before. I don't know about you, yeah, Bill. I have done it, yes. Well, well, oh my well God. worth the price of admission. Yeah. You you make that money back. If you go by like stadium prices, you make that $40 back in five minutes. Well, it's, I mean, and it's, it's crazy. And it's 30 bucks with the $10 off if you're a – Season ticket holder or a Hall of Fame museum member. But if you're not either one of those, you get to use a promo code DJ Joe. It's all one word. And you get five bucks off. So $35 is the most anyone should be paying right now with this code, promo code uh, for the official Cardinals pregame party. And that's all you can drink, all you can eat. And uh, Joe, the DJ, fan, does a fantastic job, plays music, oh, yeah. humor, uh, games, giveaways, you know, prizes. Um, 
he's a funny guy. So he's gonna he's gonna entertain you out there too. Um, it's for two and, and for a half for hours. Kids of kids of all ages too. Yeah, like mm-hmm. don't think this is just an adults only thing. There's right. plenty of kids that show up there. They have a great time. They get to eat all they want. Um, and just think about it too. Not only are you loading up on on alcohol or just regular drinks and food, you fill up there enough. You're not eating at the game, so you're not spending another 80 bucks right when you walk in for the first inning. I mean, it's, I can't say enough. And we're not just saying this because these guys are, you know, Joe's great. Well, Joe's okay. Um, but not just saying that because we know Joe uh, and we love the Cardinals nation serve staff. They're just fantastic. This really is a great deal. Uh, my, uh, my in-laws are the ones that discovered this uh, last season. And we started going to games together. And every time my, my mother-in-law was like, we got to do the cards pregame every time. And I'm like, yeah, we do. And it it just makes the, the game so much more fun and honestly, so much more affordable. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and and I, I, three beers in the stadium is going to be $35. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you got two and a half hours to, well, how much are three beers and a, and a hot dogs and nachos, uh, you know, uh, and whatever, and a dessert going to cost you in the stadium? 60 bucks? I mean, my yeah. God, uh, 30, 30, $35 for this, and it's two and a half hours. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's a, well it's worth a, it. It's a great time. It's a great time. And it's right across the street from Bush Stadium. You, you, you park, you walk to Ballpark Village, you get there, and you can basically stay there until first pitch, and then you walk right across the street and walk in the stadium. And uh, if there's a giveaway that day, you can go in, get the giveaway, walk out of a certain gate, right? Then you come back in a certain gate, but you walk out, put it in your car, go back to, and go to Cardinals Nation and hang out for two hours, two and a half hours. And yep. It's a it's a really, really good deal. And it's, it's right up until first pitch that all yep. that's inclusive. So it's like literally like – First pitch usually seven ten seven fifteen something like that for a night game. You literally can just go up to the bar and order two quick drinks at seven oh three, and you can still make it to your seat by game time. Austin Austin said uh, Austin asked this question. I'll show it. Uh, uh, whoops. Nope. Doesn't it? Nope. Doesn't nope. include. Does it include parking at Ballpark Village? And then I said I just I said no, and he goes. Damn. I'm like, what do you want? It's 30 <laughs> or $35. It costs. <laughs> Come on, go, go Austin park four or five game. blocks away and for, for five, 10 bucks and then walk to ballpark village. And, and, and mm. this is the last thing I'll say about it. The, for me, for the, uh, for the drunks in the building here, um, not alcoholic. Cause I don't admit I have a problem um, for the drunks in the building. It's great because you get loaded up before the game starts and it'll carry you through. And though I'll say maybe once I've went and got one more beer at like the fifth inning. But by the time the game's over, I'm feeling fine. I'm good. I'm ready to go home and, and things are great. And it's like I got a nice buzz for the first couple innings and it lasted. It's fantastic. <laughs> Austin said he'll lime scooter his way over there. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, so no, no, we, uh, we we want to thank Joe. Joe's great. I we I make jokes. Joe's a, a good dude. Um and uh he he puts on a real good show. You do not need a ticket to the cards game to attend pregame either. You can go to pregame and you can go to the pregame party, you can hang out for two and a half hours, and then you can just hang out downstairs, uh watch the game down there if you want on the TVs or whatever. 
or yep. go home. <laughs> you don't yep. have to go to the game. Uh, also, the uh, pregame is sold out for October 1st and 2nd, which are the final two games of the regular season. But tickets do remain, a few tickets do remain for Friday the 30th. Uh, and the uh, the Cardinals official pregame party does continue into the playoffs prior to home playoff games. So the first two playoff rounds are still the same price. 35 bucks with the promo code DJ Joe, or if you're a season ticket holder or a Hall of Fame user member, you get $10 off. So it's 30 bucks. So same price as regular do, season for the first do two. Both? Do you know if you can do both? No, I don't think so. No, Joe said okay. that uh, if, if you're not a ticket holder or a Hall of Fame member, then you uh, can use the promo code. I don't think you can do both. Okay. Okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, and it, they don't raise the ticket prices of the first trends of the playoffs. So uh, that's that's pretty that's pretty good deal. So jump on the deal as quickly as you can if you want to go because uh, tickets do sell out fairly quickly. There's only a few tickets yes. left for Friday the 30th. So and uh, come join us October 15th at Cardinals Nation. Uh, we'll be there. And I think there was a comment in the chat here. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Joe Brady's yeah. October 15th. And that, would that's be... what I was gonna say. You said if the Cardinals play, they will play. It's a they Saturday. Will. Yeah. So yeah, uh, they will play. game four of the NLDS. It's titled Joe Bray's videos, but I do believe that might be Chris Bray, a friend of the sh- uh, friend of the show. He's a friend, friend of the show. Shoe. He was on trivia. Friend of mine. Um, so, and and yeah. I'll add to uh, that with with this, we're going on. What's the date again? October fifteenth. October fifteenth. We have not That's... again. We have not set a time yet. Depends on Cardinals scheduling, but. Make plans to be there. Let's load this place with Blues and Cardinals fans. Come for a live show of us. Interact with us. We'll probably even, I don't know, we haven't talked about what the format's going to be like, but I'm sure we'll bring people on to talk Blues. We'll have come trivia. Join us. It's, we'll it's have Yeah, trivia. we'll do trivia. We're going to have a great time. So come join us. It's going to be a great time. Looking forward to it. That'll be fun. Uh, the official beers of episode number 351. You can follow each of us on the untapped app. My handle is CPrice12. Jeff says JPond94. Bills is Billy Blue Note 33. Um, I've lost track. Who are we going first with? Jeff? Was it Bill? Uh, is this, you say you have official beers of episode 351. I think we're at Sorry, 376. 376. Yeah, I haven't yeah. changed that in about 25 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Uh, you know what? I started first last season, and uh, we got halfway through the second round. So why don't we start with, uh, let's go with Bill. Mm. Well, this is still last season. This is still last season. Oh, okay. This Good call. All right. Let's start with Bill next next show. All right. Uh, so, so mine is uh, Schlafly Oktoberfest. I always got to try and angle it properly. Uh, Schlafly Oktoberfest. Um, this damn weather is pissing me off. Uh, it needs to be fall weather. <laughs> uh, we had a faux fall there for for a couple about a week and a half, but uh, it's supposed to be nicer tomorrow. So uh, all I have in my fridge is fall beer. So I've been like, I feel like I need to go get some summer beer. But uh, no, the Oktoberfest from Schlafly, a very, very good beer for this time of year. Uh, Bill, sir, what do you have? <clears throat> um, I went fancy tonight because I don't know. I've, I've, I realized in this move that I have a lot of beer. So I'm just, I'm, I'm pulling some good stuff out just whenever the hell I feel. Um, Ale Smith Speedway Stout 2022 uh, Barrel Aged. It's, uh, it's a beaut. Nice, nice boozy flavor to it. Um, salad stout, not much of a head on the beer, but it's not flat whatsoever. So 
highly recommend it if you can find it. I got mine at Friar Tech. Uh, I I found this in the back of the fridge, and I figured I better I better. It's a good time to mm-hmm. break it out. The O'Fallon oh, yeah. vanilla pumpkin beer. Um, it is good. I know Jeff has commented on this before. He prefers the O'Fallon, the straight O'Fallon pumpkin beer. Um, I think I do yeah, too. They, but I've had they this. Those, those pumpkin packs. Some of them aren't bad. Yeah. Uh, that's one of them. Not bad. But yeah, I uh, I definitely got to go the 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 OG pumpkin. At least. At least with the vanilla pumpkin, you can actually taste a little vanilla in it. Uh, some of these beers that you, you they advertise, you know, this has got this flavor. You're like, well, I don't taste that at all. You can kind of taste it. Uh, so, um, and today in Blues History, courtesy of the at STL Blues History Tour account, uh, September 21st, uh, 2022. So September 21st, 2019, we were celebrating and basking in the Stanley Cup victory over the Boston Bruins just a few months prior. There you go. We did. I was probably drunk. <laughs> you were probably drunk. That's a guess. Uh, okay. So we're gonna we're gonna get into some blues talk, some Traverse City talk, um, some uh, about Scandella's injury, and we'll talk a little bit about O'Reilly, and then uh, we'll have that interview for you guys that we talked about uh, with uh, Coach uh, Joe Bovacanti. After this word from. Every beer league hockey night, I grab my hockey bag and sticks and throw them in the trunk of my car. And the very next thing I do, I mix up a boost of energy courtesy of rockinthatidlife.com. It's formulated to break up its delivery in three ways, which helps me get through all three periods of hockey. Phase one provides a rapid onset of energy, concentration, alertness, and motivation. By period two, I'm receiving a dose of sustained energy, increased focus, metabolism, cognitive function, performance, and feeling of well-being which i need with the way i play in phase three i'm getting fatigue protection without jitters and crash an elevated mood and a reduction of fluid retention to help me make the big play when it counts this same triphasic approach helps me when i drink it during work hours or simply just for a pick-me-up when i need it try one of the four energy flavors by visiting rockinthatidlife.com but make sure to email dustin at rockinthatidlife at gmail.com and tell him let's go blues radio sent you to receive an additional 10 percent off your order that's rockinthatidlife.com uh Oh yeah, and Jeff's shirt is oh legend. Yeah, there you go. So That's a nice this shirt. is uh, for for those of you on the podcast. I was able to uh, well, I don't know if anybody saw, but the point was selling Jeff Burton T-shirts. Uh, I think proceeds went to to his family. So um, I bought one. It's a picture of it's uh, the caricature of Jeff uh, with sunglasses on. Pretty famous if you're a listener of of 105.7. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think they're still on sale. Buy one now. Like I said, it helps out a family. And I'm saying the, don't want to say they're in need, but you know, we all know how medical bills can be. So, um, yeah, help out Jeff Burton's family. Uh, the Blues uh, participated in a uh, prospects tournament in, in how am I going to say this? Traverse City, Jeff. No, actually, I learned how to say this properly. It's actually T Rav Earth. <laughs> T Ravers. Yeah, we've been saying it wrong all this time. It celebrates toasted ravioli. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I, I get you. Another year would have been more appropriate for that joke. Not the year that we just absolutely sucked balls. Well, there. we sucked. We sucked last year too. We I say last year was awful too. Yeah. Did we even win a game last year? Was it zero and three or one and two? I think they were zero and three. Yeah, it wasn't good. 
Uh, St. Louis Blues prospects participated in the annual NHL prospect tournament in Traverse, Traverse City, Michigan, from September 15th through the 18th. Uh, the Blues finished the, the three-game tournament with uh, one win and two losses. Uh, game one was a 7-1 loss to the Blue Jackets. Game two, the Blues beat the Maple Leafs 8-3. to And in the game three, the Stars beat the Blues 7-1. to So if you're going to if you're gonna suck in a tournament, make sure you schedule a game against the Leafs so you don't go winless. Uh, not a good tournament At, for St. They, they <laughs> made the Maple Leafs look stupid. And yeah, it's funny because the Blues look stupid the rest of the tournament. Yeah, it's up and down. Uh, not a good tournament. They didn't have a, a good tournament last year. Um, Landon Sim, the Blues' sixth-round pick, number 184 uh, overall in the uh, last NHL draft, 2022, led the Blues in scoring with uh, three goals to assist, while the uh, 2021 first-round pick, Zachary Balduk, finished second with two goals and two assists in the three games. Uh, Andre, uh, on, I, yes? I, I was just going to add, um, of the, the play I saw, I didn't watch the whole tournament, but of what I saw, Bullduke did look like a dude who was ready to break out. I mean, he okay. looked like a guy who did not belong, like basically a, a, a God among men, a, a man amongst kids, whatever you want to say. What did I say, Bill, last uh, last show? Uh, 27 games for the Blues uh, on the fourth <laughs> yeah. line, and then that would be about it. Yeah, <laughs> which is a vast improvement over last year, which was Bullduke, really? He's never going to make the league. Did I say never make the league? I'm pretty sure. I'll have to go did. back and see exactly what I said, but that's that was the general. Just it was sure. it was in one of our opens. I think I put it in. Did you? Any show that I hosted, the open for the podcast. So I will have to pull that back up. Because <laughs> that was such a good quote. You even called yourself out. You're like that is the the worst oh. analysis ever. <laughs> I, well, I said at the time, I said this is going to sound ridiculous. And I remember some of, <laughs> some of the some of the listeners in the chat was like, "What the hell? What is a stupid ass thing to say?" I'm like, "I know." <laughs> But it just it just popped into my head, and I typically just say whatever pops into my head. So uh, sometimes that's good, sometimes that's not, and we'll see. I, I'm not I'm not saying I believe it, but I said it, so I kind of have to back it. I have to I have to stand by it. Sure. I'm not gonna be a, I'm not gonna be a flip flopper, wishy wash guy. I'll stand by no. it. And if he makes the NHL and has a nice little career, you know, I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll walk it back. I'll. Uh, so when uh, when Let's Go Blues Radio is in his thirtieth season. Right. Uh, Kurt will actually walk back that comment. Yeah, right. After he retires, uh, <laughs> retired number <laughs> ceremony yep. with the Blues. We'll be uh, we'll be broadcasting uh, at, uh, very late for us at the time. It'll be six o'clock p.m. every night. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'll be in my uh, my sandals and black socks. Yeah, uh, doing the show. <laughs> Kurt will have just finished supper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. four thirty supper, four thirty supper, and a uh, six o'clock six thirty bedtime. Oh, my cousin I'll be wearing the slippers. <laughs> my cousin does that now. <laughs> uh, so uh, Landon Sim, the Blues' sixth-round pick. Uh, oh, I said that right. Uh, uh, Andre uh, Vakanov had uh, three goals, two penalty minutes, one game-winning goal, and his three goals were a hat trick. Uh, he was responsible for the two of the biggest highlight, uh, the two hi- biggest, uh, the biggest highlights of the entire tournament. He scored on a penalty shot, then uh, completed a hat trick in the lopsided win over Toronto. Uh, he is signed to an AHL contract with the Springfield Thunderbirds, so he'll be someone to keep an eye on, possibly. Uh, and Zachary Balduke, two goals, two assists, like I said. One power play goal, six penalty minutes. Um, he was the more highly touted prospect in the Blues uh, squad heading into Traverse City uh, as the number 17 overall pick. Uh, he showed uh, scouts and executives why uh, by using his size, speed, and power. Uh, powerful shot throughout the tournament, but uh, and to put pressure on opposing defenses, uh, a three-point 
uh, outing against Toronto was the highlight, but uh, Balduke was a heavy presence presence in all three games the Blues prospects played. He was pretty much, again, the only one out there that really seemed like a threat every time he was on the rink. There was there was some decent play. I don't want to, you know, in these tournaments, you're not looking for wins and losses. You're looking for how are they, you know, how are they reacting to goals against? How are they bouncing back from bad plays? That kind of thing. Obviously not good. You know, you look at the two games that they got destroyed. Not good. You don't want to see that from your prospects. But... When you when you put it more in a vacuum, you look at uh, you look at the the way that Bullduke played. He was stepping up when they would give up a goal, and he was back on the ice. He would come in and have a big play. So yeah, he he was great. He had a he had a really good tournament, and I think he's somebody to watch for with uh, training camp opening this week. Um, so those are a few of the diamonds in the rough in the uh, Traverse City uh, for the Blues. Um, Scandella's injured hip. He underwent. Uh, this was kind of a surprise, I guess, because I don't think anybody knew about this. Uh, maybe Army did, but the you know public did not. He underwent surgery on his hip on Tuesday. Uh, Marco Scandella did. Uh, so I'm assuming the Blues doctors performed this surgery, uh, unlike with <laughs> Bennington and Tarasenko, right? Um, mm-hmm. And they got him good and drunk before they did it. <laughs> yep. Let's hey, you know, if you're if you're a Scandella hater, maybe you're hoping the Blues doctors operated on him. <laughs> um, he uh, injured his his hip in the uh, in late August while training for the upcoming season. He is set to be reevaluated in six months, which is uh, mid to late March, if you're not good at math. Uh, when there will only be about 13 to 14, 15 games left in the season. You know what that means. Uh, it's as good as making a trade. It's going to be as good as making a trade. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this one may be the exception to that rule. Right. <laughs> uh, he, here's the deal with Scandella. He's, he's going to go on the LTIR, long-term injured reserve, and his uh, $3.275 million salary won't count against the cap until he returns, uh, which, which kind of had a bunch of people on uh, social media kind of a little miffed, uh, meaning we could have – could have had the money to sign Perron, I guess, if Perron was still around in August, but Perron was signed in July uh, in Detroit. So that, you know, it's not like he was available in August. Somebody somebody waited too long to break his hip, basically. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, Scandella has two years, including this year, uh, remaining on his contract. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that this, uh, the okay, I've said before, uh, I thought, the the shortened season, uh, the COVID shortened season. I thought late in the year he was one of the best Blues defensemen. He really was. I thought he came out. He played hard when the Blues went on that streak to make the playoffs. I thought he played great. That was the best hockey we've seen from him since he was acquired. Last season happened. Obviously, not the same thing. Maybe this is kind of my optimism speaking. Maybe it's something that had been nagging him that we just don't know. And maybe when he comes back, it's a rejuvenated Scandella like we saw with Bo Meester. I'm not saying we're going to see that for sure, but there's the optimism talking for me. So that's every everybody, every defenseman, big, lanky, left-handed, ragey defenseman that we hate on this show. We just need to send him for hip surgery and they'll <laughs> magically be better. That's yeah. our hope. Let's do it. 
Uh, Puckeye 14, a good friend of ours in San Jose, California. Um, member of the uh, Teal Town USA podcast. Uh, happy autumn to you too, sir. Thanks for joining us. Again, we got full autumn, full autumn here in uh, autumn. St. Louis. And yeah, although in California, they don't really have seasons, right? No. Well, <clears throat> uh, after today, it's supposed to dip, right? Yeah. High in the low 80s yep. at best. Yeah, so we're, we're Friday, I think, high in the 60s. Ooh. Yeah, today, today was 90s, right? 93? Yeah. Like oh, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. brutal today. Yeah. Yeah, I had to do about Jeez. 10 minutes worth of yard work cleaning up some stuff from this weekend. And, man, that's yeah. a sweating bucket. Okay, oh, yeah. so my 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 take on Scandella is I, I, when I heard this news, I was like, I I mean, I don't think people are too generally upset about this. Um, I think he can be a serviceable guy. I get it. But... Um, we have we have a crowded left side of, of the defense, right? Uh, Krug, Letty, Scandella, Mikola, Prunovich, uh, and throw in Rosen as well if you want as, as a reserve, right? So it's like, you know, he's set up to be the whipping boy this season because if he didn't have a good season, like like he may not have. Who knows? Uh, you're going to have one pe- people wanting Prunovich to play more, Mikola to play more. Um, I think I'd rather see Prunovich and Mikola get uh, more playing time than have Scandella eating up their minutes. Um I'm not sad. He's out until March. I'm sorry. I, I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't think he'll be missed. Yeah, no. And I think that's that's the one thing to think about too is this is going to open up more room for Perunovic to step in and prove he belongs in yeah. a top six role. Yeah, we had a crowded yeah. left side. Crowded left side. Yeah, I mean, you've you know you almost forgot about Mikula when you rattled off that list, and I think I said Mikula. I, yeah, you did, but you almost <laughs> forgot. Is what I would say, right? And, and that's like. That was the big thing to me. Like this, we needed to get rid of Scandella somehow, and this is the closest thing we're going to get to it. So I'm happy with it. Yeah. Um, you know, he he was he was good in his days in Minnesota, and he was good for that little stretch that Jeff alluded to here. Yeah, but yeah, when we signed yeah. Letty, there was absolutely no need for him on this roster, so, and and there's no way to get rid of him, and then and, and lose and signing Letty. I mean, looks better. Cost us, right. I mean, you know, most people said it cost us per run. Yeah, it. I mean, but, it, I mean, cap wise, it did. I mean, if you, if you want, if you wanted to sign Peron but just didn't have the cap space, so if you believe Armstrong, um, then yeah, it did. Um, so, but it, but well, I mean, that's, it looks that's looks better. And that's now. what I we we talked about this over the summer or yeah over the summer when Peron left originally was. People are saying, well, they picked Letty over Perron. And, and to me, it was more, no, you picked Scandella over Perron. Like, you needed Letty. Letty has proven to fit well in this team. And, and Scandella did when he was first signed, yes. But signing him to that contract, that is what pushed Perron out the door to me. Um. So, okay. So, with, with the, the, the Thomas contract, that he signed earlier this offseason and Kairou's recent contract, 8 million per um, kicks in after the season. Both of them do. So O'Reilly's contract, he's up after the season. Will he be resigned? I, we touched on this at the end of last show, Bill and I did, uh, but didn't really discuss it that much in detail. Um, the blues have shown in the past that they aren't too anxious to clear salary to make room to resign a player. 
uh, Army has used the, we simply don't have the cap space to make it happen excuse a number of times during free agency and at the deadline. Um, so, I mean, your thoughts on where O'Reilly stands? Because if he has a good season, he's still be 32 at the end of the season. Uh, if he has a good year um, and he's making a 7.5 now, uh, he's, I mean, I, I can see him asking for five years and seven plus to, 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 you know, to, from, and he might get that from somebody. So, you know, ter- I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff that's in motion here. You know, uh, a number of players come off the, the books, you know, Tarasenko comes off if he's not traded. Uh, and then whoever would, if we traded him, then whoever we get for him, you know, then that eats up some of his salary. Um, Barbashev comes off, right? Um, a, a, a Grice comes off, but we got to have a backup to replace him if he leaves. So that's that's money. Uh, there's a lot of essentially, you know, and the salary cap could go up as well. But uh, the Blues have about 16 million right now in cap space for next off season, as of right now, the way things pan out, and that's to sign ten guys, right? To have uh, I, on the thir- on the 13 man active rock- roster. So I th- I I really think that uh, honestly I know people have said this but I agree 100 uh, percent because we had this uh, my wife and I were watching you guys talk last week and we had this discussion while the show was going and she agreed well she thinks O'Reilly's back no matter what I actually mm-hmm. I used to think that I don't anymore and I I really do hold it to David Perron it was I don't want to say it was easy for Armstrong to just say, see you later. I'm not even going to offer you a contract, but that's what happened. And I honestly, if you're not going to be loyal to a guy like David Perron and bring, try your hardest to bring him back. I don't know if you do it with O'Reilly. And I, I hate that. I think O'Reilly, I look at a guy like Patrice Bergeron. He's 37 years old. He still provides a ton to the Boston Bruins. And I think that could still be O'Reilly. He could still be, a top level guy when he's 35, 36, even 37. So I think he will get that offer of 6.5 to seven because he doesn't play. Like we've talked about this before. You, you People bring up the David Backus contract. He was the last captain forward who walked in free agency and, and people compared it to that. And it's like, well, it's a little different. Backus played a hard nose style. O'Reilly doesn't yeah. play that way. I think he plays a style that, he can still contribute very, very well as a third line center on a, on a team with a Thomas. And if you bring in a second line center, he could still contribute a ton, uh, if not offensively, definitely defensively. So it's a tough decision. I want him back. I think he's proven that he fits in this team very well, especially if Craig Berube sticking around. But again, it wouldn't surprise me if Doug Armstrong just said i'm not going to pay you that yeah i i said last week that you know in, at, at least in the chat that you know I, what i would love to see is them give him a three-year deal i don't think i i think you're right i think that he's gonna wind up getting five years somewhere right he in you know you make the comparison to back different style of player also different style of approach to preparation right mm-hmm. o'reilly is the guy that is always prepared always preparing and Bacchus tried to reinvent himself at the end of his career and couldn't do it it was too late for him um you know i think o'reilly's starting to lose a little bit of speed um but his smarts 
you know, that he's got, he's got at least another four years and somebody's going to give him five. I just, and I don't think he'll, I, I honestly, I don't think he's going to take a, a hometown discount to stay here. I would love I it because con Smythe and all, but yeah, uh. I mean, it, de- I mean, it depends how much of hometown discount he needs to take. I mean, it's, it, it, there's a lot of uh, things in motion and a lot can happen between now and then you just never know. You know, a guy could get hurt, a guy could get traded. You never, you know, and it could free up some space. You never know. But a, as of the way things are right now, I don't, I don't think, I don't think uh, it's going to be in the cards for him to stay. And that's going to upset a lot of people. I'll be upset about it. I, I'd love to see him stay. Um, but I just don't think, I mean, they're cap casualties. And I think the, the Blues, you know, kind of made a statement this offseason to go with the youth movement with Thomas and Cairo and extend them for eight years each, eight million per. Uh, and that that's eaten up a chunk of the cap. Um, so I don't, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't look good and I'm kind of sad about that, but, um, I don't know. We'll see. Um, Matt Harris said the it's, it's going to be, yeah, we're not seeing it. Bill and I okay. both, uh, right. just came back. Okay. Matt Harris, it might, says it just it came might back, be, so. it might be just him for him. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. He might've had an internet issue or something. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it's going to be, I, for me, more than any other contract, um, maybe in the last 10, 15 years, it's going to be a wait and see. It's going to be, yep. okay, let's let's get into the season. He's your captain. There's going to be discussion, I have to think, throughout the year at some point. Um, and it's just going to be a matter of how does he play? How does he look? Uh, does this team get off to a good start, too? You know, if they, if they crash and burn to open the year, I could see Armstrong saying, let's get rid of these veterans. We got plenty of young guys. Let's build around them. Let's just let them all go. Uh, but we'll see if that happens or not. People are going to be pissed if he's not signed. And it'll be worse than Petrangelo. Um, oh, yeah. Because And and there there won't be any – any. I mean, they're, gonna, they're not going to be – rational about it either um they're going to be really angry um they're going to be assigning him no matter what at all costs kind of mentality you know uh, especially if you've got somebody on a contract that you that's not living up to the contract you know they're saying like move that contract you know so you can sign o'reilly i get this the the sentiment there but that's easier said than done there was an article written in the athletic and the athletic i'm sorry the uh, uh hockey writers um, I forgot who wrote it. Was it Ethan? Maybe. Um, Hopefully it wasn't that terrible. Stephen Downs guy. <laughs> no, I don't. Wasn't him. I think it was Ethan. Uh, what's his Ethan? What was his name? Ethan. Uh, I his name. Hawk. Ethan Hawk. <laughs> yeah. Him. Yeah. Uh, black phone guy. Uh, but he said that in his article, uh, he said that the, the, the blues don't want another situation where yet another captain leaves via free agency like Bacchus and Petrangelo. And I was like, well, okay. The Bacchus situation was a godsend, not him, not accepting the blues offer. If he had accepted the blues offer, we don't win the cup. We don't, I don't think we have the money. This, the, the, the whole cap structure for the team is different. Um, that money is tied up in him. We offered him too much money. Uh, he took a little bit more, just a tad more, in Boston, like the extra year, right on the on his contract, um, I think it was about the same per year. But uh, and, he, and he left for Boston. If we had signed him, that'd have been a problem. Oh so, yeah, uh, yeah. They and don't I, win so the cup. 
They don't no. win the cup in 2019. No, I don't, no I don't think so. Not unless they, not unless, I mean, I guess they could, but you know, they probably don't. So I don't think it, they go out and get O'Reilly. Yeah. No, yeah. no, they totally no. don't. No. So, and, and that, that was actually a blessing. So, and uh, Petrangelo leaving, I mean, you could, you could make the argument he's on the downward trend too. The last two seasons in Vegas, he hasn't been as good as he was here. So, I mean, um, would you have, I mean, I wanted him back. I did. Um, I didn't want back his back necessarily. I could see that. I could see the trend. I was down. actually more upset about uh, Elliot leaving than I was too. Backus. I was too. I was too. Yeah. Cause I, cause yeah. again, we talked, you guys talked about this last week that yeah. it kind of meant like, oh, so Jake Allen is definitely your number one. This will be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was. That was interesting. Yep. Uh, but, you know, We'll uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I I and be. I mean, I'm just I'm just waiting for it. You know, we're going to be dealing with a lot of people, uh, and you know that are really pissed. And based on O'Reilly's season this season, and based on what he actually wants money wise, maybe they're those those uh, pissed off comments to be legit. We'll have to see what O'Reilly wants. We'll have to see what the uh, cap space the Blues have, uh, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, maybe he'll be like a, a great captain in the Central Division and take less money so his team wins yeah i mean and right that's a, that's a nice concept um which we'll talk about mckinnon later in the show um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, up next we got uh jeff uh, jeff's interview with coach joe bova conti he's the uh, coach of the 19 under elite double a st louis lady cyclones team and has been involved in coaching girls hockey on many levels from triple a to collegiate hockey for 36 years uh, that interview will come up on the other side of this uh, word from Sunrise Brewery. Jeff, do you have anything else you want to say to set up that interview? Yeah. I'm, wow, man, you are just reading my mind. Yes, I do, actually. <laughs> so first of all, he is very involved in Lady Cyclones. He's been involved with them since the inception. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Again, this is their 20th year, the Cyclones, which is ridiculous. That's fantastic for women's hockey. And obviously, friend of the show, Jincy Dunn, other names that have come through the program. Uh, we'll talk about a bunch of them coming up here, uh, but just ridiculous how good this organization is in St. Louis. And honestly, we don't talk about the lady cyclones enough. It's an excellent, excellent organization. And uh, so very happy to have him. I just want to add one thing. He told me off camera that I really found interesting. So he is their college liaison too. Um, so basically anytime a, a female hockey player is leaving the Cyclones, wanting to move on to college. He's the one that's talking to colleges for that player on their behalf. And uh, he said the one, there's three things, and in this order, they look for. And uh, I found this very interesting. One is character. Uh, two is coachability. And three is uh, talent. And he literally said that colleges have passed on kids because they don't like their character. And even though they might have the most talent in the world, and I just find that very interesting uh, when you just learn about coaching, you know, you want to be coach, you want to be able to be coached. Well, you need to have good character. And I think you guys playing hockey like you have, and like I have, you find how important that really is in the game. And uh, especially when you're young, you need to be able to, to listen to advice, listen to coaches. And it's just, crazy the shift we've seen now and how that is more important than talent nowadays so we'll uh and we'll talk about the uh mckinnon extension uh with our comments on that um 
but uh, so stick around after the interview for that. So we'll uh, we'll get to the interview right after this word from Sunrise Brewery. Do you like hockey? No, of course you do. Do you like beer? Of course you do. Are you 21? Let's hope so. If you answered yes to all of those questions, run on down to your local beer distributor and pick up a 2-4 of Old Arena Lager, the Beauty IPA, or any other delicious hockey-themed beer from Centerize Brewery. That's right. Centerize Brewery beer is available at various beer stores around town. So check around for the one closest to you. That's Centerize Brewery. Let's go Blues. Hey, everybody, welcome back from break. It's uh, Jeff. I'm here with uh, Coach Joe Bovaconti of the Lady Cyclones. Uh, you are the coach of the 19 and under elite AA Lady Cyclones team and the club's college liaison. We're going to talk about how long you've been with the organization, which has been a very long time. Right. But thank you very much for coming on the show oh, today. Jeff, thanks for having me. I, I really appreciate it. It's, it's important to me to you know, to talk about girls hockey and how much it's grown over the last several years, especially in St. Louis. Yeah. We've got some wonderful people that have went through the ranks, and uh, a lot of them came through the Cyclones and the AAA Blues, and uh, we're just real proud of them. We're proud of our own hometown people. Yeah, right. so we're in the beautiful Webster Groves uh, Ice Arena here. Is this one of the rinks that the Lady Cyclones visit a lot? We Not, not as much now that Centene is open, but in yeah. the past we used to run Learn to Play here every summer, and we'd bring a lot of girls in, and, and we'd have sometimes hockey for free for kids. Right. And that was years ago, but the, the club has brought that back. So we have several programs with the Cyclones in our 20th anniversary year here where girls can come and play, try hockey for free, mm -hmm. and we also have great learn-to-play programs. So we get them involved at a young age, and it just, you know, you, you catch the bug. You know, you played hockey, you catch the bug. And, oh, yeah. And uh, it's, it's great how much how much the numbers are growing. Oh, yeah. No, you mentioned catching the bug. It's like, man, when, <laughs> when uh, COVID uh, hit and, like, all the rings closed, I tell this story on the show plenty of times. Like, it killed me. I was telling my wife, like, there were some things where, like, you know, couldn't get out and see friends, couldn't. You know, go out to even at the grocery store was a big hassle. But like for me, it was playing hockey. Right. They killed me. Yeah. So once you start playing, you can't stop. No, no, and and it hurt the girls too. I'm, I'm sure it did the, on the boys' side, but I know the girls. They want to be out there. In in the girls' sport, it's more than it's more than just a game. It's a it's a it's a group of camaraderie. It's a it's a social gathering too, and you know a lot of parents today want their girls to play with the boys' team as long as they can. But I can tell you from experience, it doesn't help them in looking for a college. Mm -hmm. They're going to look at kids that are playing for a girls' organization. And the Cyclones is exclusively girls, which really makes it good. Makes yeah. it a good place for a source for colleges to look. Um, it also is a, it's a good outlet for the kids. You know, in today's world, the kids are very stressed out. There's a lot going on, a lot of stimuli hitting them from all angles. They come to the rink for the two hours that they're there, they can kind of forget about that and they're with their they're with their friends their peers they're having a good time and I always tell the girls it's it's not a matter of who wins or loses while those are important what's more important is the life skills they learn because they're never going to remember the score at that tournament six months ago but they're going to remember the fun they had in the hotel oh yeah and, and the group that you know they're going out to dinner and the, and the tours and the things that we see so that's a big part of being in an all-girls club and, and you don't have that that male-female competitiveness 
But believe me, girls are extremely competitive. Oh yeah, I know. Very competitive. I had uh, I grew up with two sisters that both played softball. So yeah, I heard all about like we would go down in the in the yard and play catch if I threw the ball wrong or if I didn't catch a pop fly. Oh, I heard about it for days. So I know all about that. You know, as we talked before, uh, you know, having worked with all the Dunn girls with Jess and Jency and Josie and Joy and wonderful hockey family and just great people. I just absolutely love them to death. But they're very dedicated, very competitive. I was also honored enough to have Mike Matheny from the from the Cardinals when he was manager, his daughter Katie, another phenomenal athlete, and then you know McKenna Webster, who another St. Louis girl, and and there's countless other ones that have gone through our program, our our AAA program, and have just went on to just bigger and better things in life. And it just it's just a it's a great honor for me to be a part of that. So you mentioned this is the 20th year in operation for the Lady Cyclones. That's one of the oldest and largest uh, programs in the area, in the region. Uh, and over 300 girls in the program. You mentioned the Dunn family coming through, McKenna Webster, all these other names. Um, when you see, and, and obviously for me, it, it, I think of Jincy Dunn in, in the Olympics. Right. When that happens, for you as somebody who coached her, what does that mean to you? I, I'm very proud. I mean... You know, coaching is one thing, but the athlete has to really put in the dedication and the time. And the Duns were all there. They, they all the girls I mentioned, uh, and and so many of the girls in our program, whether they're a uh, AAA player or a AA player or an elite player, the competition level is still there. The 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 feeling to compete is still there. Um, there's different reasons people go AAA or AA. Some of it is financial. Some of it is skill set. But the bottom line is, all these kids are competitive. And they work really, really hard. So when you have somebody like Jincy go through the program and turn out where she has, or McKenna Webster, you see where these girls go, and it's just like you, you just beam because you're so proud because they're so humble. And you'll never see them give credit to themselves. They give credit to everybody around them. Oh, yeah. And that's why I guess I've stayed with the girls' game so long. Not to say that all boys aren't that don't do that, but I have found that girls, for the most part, they, they win as a team, they lose as a team. They're, they're a group, they're a cohesive group, and they don't forget where they came from. So again, you've been with the Lady Cyclones now for, uh, well, 20 years, because you've been there since the infancy. Right. Um, what, uh, what brought you to them at first, and what made you stay? Interesting, say, well, so I haven't been with them consistently over the years. So I was there at their, when they started. There was a program in St. Louis back in the late 90s called the Girls and Women's Hockey Association. And moms and their daughters would get out on ice. and I. It escapes me the man's name that ran it, but he really was kind of a, a pioneer in it. Mm -hmm. And from that came the Cyclones organization. They brought me on. I was coaching senior women at the time. In St. Louis, we had the Force, the Raiders, the Hurricanes, and the Surge. And it was all senior women. You had to be 18 or older to play, and I had women up in their 50s playing. And had a great time. Well, they knew me, so they said, well, will you come out to the Cyclones? And that's where I met Jeanette, the one I showed you in the picture. And so... No males wanted to take a girls' team. And it was back in the day where there was a definite divide, a gender divide in sports. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, God, these kids are great. And I had been working with them in the girls' and women's program, so I jumped on board. So I stayed with them until my son was older, and then I was coaching at Kirkwood. I coached boys for a long time. I did coach at a Kirkwood Par Parkway South. I ran their program, went to the AAA Blues, and eventually went to college and coached college for a year and a half. Then out of the, out of the blue, uh, Mr. Greenberry, Dale Greenberry, called me, and he said that they needed help with a goalie. It happened to be his daughter. 
Uh, apparently a goalie left the team and there was no other goalies around and he knew that I had coached goalies my entire life and played goal. So I came to work with this kid. And I, I call it a curse, but at the same time a blessing. You couldn't wear her out. The work ethic I saw from these kids at this tier two level just amazed me. And their love of the game. And it wasn't the love of being somebody like, oh, I'm a triple A player, or I'm an elite player. No, I'm a hockey player. Mm -hmm. And I, I really, and so, so they wrote me in again by saying, well, will you stay for the evaluations? Help us with the evaluations. So I did. And then they had a group of girls and they said, we're having trouble finding coaches, Joe. And you've been with the Cyclones all that time. And would you come on board and, and, and maybe coach a team? Well, then I was hooked again. And uh, so I had, I had already retired from college coaching. So I was really doing nothing. And I came back and coached, and it has been an absolute blessing. The organization, I love the organization. They really, really care about the kids. They care about the girls. And uh, my experience when I was the director of the AAA Blues was working through colleges to help girls get college scholarships. And a misnomer is I can't get anybody a college scholarship. The kid has to do it. Mm -hmm. But I can facilitate contacts and that. And to that end, I reconnected with a man named Harry Rosenholz from College Hockey Showcases, which is worldwide. So they've been to St. Louis twice now, and they will continue to come back to St. Louis with an exceptional program where they bring college coaches from all over the country and put all the girls in a pool. Doesn't matter if you're AAA, AA, and then they're divided up into teams, and they work skill sessions and teams. It's the best thing for hockey in St. Louis. And now the Cyclones have reconnected with Harry Rosenholz and CHS. So now we've got another great outlet for the girls, which helps me as the college liaison to make those contacts and help the girls kind of achieve their dreams. Man, that's phenomenal. So yeah. you, you mentioned all the teams you coach. You, you've Kirkwood Stars, Webster Rockets, Parkway South, uh, AAA Blues, uh, a goalie coach and transition coach for Lindenwood University, Belleville Women's right. Hockey. You've been all over the place. Yes, as, you, as you said, you've coached men, you've coached boys, you've coached girls. What's the biggest difference between coaching boys and girls? I think the girls, again, go back to that, winning as a team and losing as a team. There's a lot more cohesiveness within a girls team. And you know from playing men's hockey, a lot of times, I always use the analogy, when a guy misses a slap shot, the first thing he does is look at his stick. <laughs> yeah, we do. It really has nothing to do with the stick. Now, the girls won't do that. The girls will internalize. They'll blame themselves when there's a mistake. Where guys have a tendency to, to push the blame on the outside, the girls bring it in. Mm. The girls also, I find, especially at the Tier 2 level in the Cyclones organization, a great deal of support for each other. Because there's not that constant competition of, i got to be better for this goal. Mm. That's a total misnomer. A, a college coach is going to find you. If you're good, they're going to find you. And there doesn't have to be this cutthroat stuff. And the girls really don't do it. They, they seem to work really well together. It's, it's been such a joy for me to work with them. And uh, if it wasn't, I wouldn't keep doing it. it continually. It's just I'm happy every time I go to the rink. So you mentioned all the uh, alumni that have come through and gone through and had some success. Do you see those people come back, and do they help you with yes. some of the programs and some of the training? Oh, absolutely. We, we had Team Missouri in St. Louis yesterday, big tur last uh, summer, big tournament in St. Louis, and it's nationwide. And McKenna Webster was gracious enough to come and talk to all the girls before the game, just giving up her time. She was At that time, she was at Wisconsin playing for Mark Johnson. She's now at uh, Ohio State because she's also a dual sport athlete. She plays field hockey and <laughs> hockey, and she's exceptional in both. So at any rate, she's come back. Jinsey has come back and got on the ice 
Nicole Hensley, who was on the Olympic team and played for Lindenwood, she's come back and helped. Shelly Looney from the Lindenwood D1. What an amazing person to come out and do that. And we've had Derek Pallardy from McKendry come out, and he's helped with the, he was one of my assistant coaches with the AAA Blues. Uh, Tommy Lang over at Maryville, another great coach over at Maryville. And I, I'm just so proud of these guys and what they've done with women's hockey. It's yeah. really a great thing. It's a great group. Yeah, it's funny because, like, you know, I've, I have a woman on one of my teams, and I've skated with many, many women. And it's funny. I'll talk to guys in Chicago or Toronto or wherever, and they'll, oh, you, you have women in your league? And I'm like, women's hockey is huge in St. Louis. And I, I'm proud of that. I think that's fantastic. Oh, it's amazing. And when, when I was with the AAA Blues, we and we do this also with the Cyclones, but this came to, came to light. We went to a, a Delmar Gardens, a retirement center, and all the girls came and they were going to serve lunch and snow cones and everything to the old folks there. And the people that were there were amazed that girls played hockey. You see these, you know, 70, 80 year old, 90 year old women, they're sitting there and the men and they're going, and you play hockey. Yeah. Ah, they do. And, you know, it's kind of a revelation. And there's a lot of people still that I meet when I travel that go, I didn't even know they were, there was a girls team. Yep. And now that, you know, we're here and we've got that nice rink at Centene, we've got that beautiful base. We bring more teams in, again, with College Hockey Showcase. We get more exposure for not only us, but AAA Blues, for Chesterfield, for Afton, for any club that's doing anything with girls. We get that exposure. And it, it's, a, it's amazing. It's a great feeling. So, again, 20 years now for the Lady Cyclones. Been around a while. Seen a lot of success. What is it, to, in your eyes, that Lady Cyclones is doing that's, that's kind of blossoming that success? What, what we do the Lady Cyclones that's a little different than any other organization is that we bring them from the ground up. So by getting to learn to play and the hockey play for free, we get them very young and then they, they grow with the program. In some programs where you can't have the younger girls, like the AAA Blues, uh, USA Hockey doesn't recognize U12 girls as someone that could be nationally bound. So it starts at 14, 16. But by that time, everybody's kind of found their niche, right? Mm -hmm. But with the Cyclones, we start them out so young I mean, we've got girls three and four years old out there on skates, right? That's fantastic. And so they grow up through the program. And our goal as coaches is to see them prosper. If they're good enough to go to a AAA team, we help them get to that AAA team. I'm, I'm a coach that, you know, you can't be possessive. Our goal is to make sure that they're achieving their dream, whatever that dream may be. And, you know, NCAA D1 is not for everybody. It's, you know, there's, what is there, 70... 41 D1 colleges, like 71 D3 colleges. And in D1, it, you know, it's a, you're pretty much a paid employee of the school when you think about it. Oh, yeah. But there's so many opportunities at D3. And then ACHA has opened up a whole new realm of hockey. When I started coaching years ago, the ACHA was more like a club team, kind of like, hey, I'm in college, I'm going to go, you know, go out and have some party on Friday night and play hockey Saturday morning. It's no longer like that. Right. It's very closely associated with NCAA D3. And we see ACHA teams like Lindenwood, uh, their D1 team now was an ACHA team, is now a D1, and they've also brought in the ACHA team. So it, there's a lot of opportunities out there. And, and the growth of hockey is very important. And it doesn't matter which level you're at, because if you're going, if you're on the female side, if you're going to college for four years and you play hockey for four years, that's great. But you also have to concentrate on your education because the pro women's hockey is not going to be where NHL is, not at least in, in the near future. Hopefully, we recognize these female athletes more. They deserve it. They're worthy of it. They're talented. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's one of those things you have to kind of break that glass ceiling. Yeah. And I think they got it cracked, but we haven't broken it yet.
So hopefully by continuing programs like we have at the Cyclones and getting enough girls in, we can start chipping away then a little more. Yeah, that's that's great. Uh, so uh, you mentioned the AAA Blues. Obviously, you have some Blues connections. Uh, do you guys partner with the Blues on a lot of programs? The Blues got involved with several of our programs. They helped out some financially. There was a 14 fund that they did for a long time. But the St. Louis Blues and the AAA Blues are two separate right. entities. Uh, but we all work together. Right. It's neat. And you, you know, you'll have Ryan O'Reilly come out or, or Tara Sang or somebody come out and skate with the girls, which is just such a great thing. And, and when Hitchcock was coaching for the Blues, he was so instrumental in coming out and watching the kids play. And so was Murray. All these guys came out. Uh, Hitch did uh, coaches seminars that were completely free. Him and, and uh, Bill, Bill Bennett were there. And, and we would have these great seminars for coaches. And so they were really engaged in the community. Yeah. Which is great, and they recognize girls as a growing sport. Yeah, well, it is. It's, it's bludgeoning. It's, it's it great. Is, it is. It's, yeah. it, when I, the last time I did a talk about this, oh, it was some years ago, it had grown two hundred percent in ten years. Wow. So to where we're at today, it's, it's even more. So something we we love to talk about back when the Blues won the Stanley Cup in twenty nineteen uh, was the thing that we loved to think about was the fact that. There was kids that had probably never watched a hockey game, right? And they were watching Jordan Biddington go on that crazy run. They were watching Ryan O'Reilly play at the top of his game, and it was clearly going to create more hockey fans. So now we're talking about three years later. Are you starting? Are you seeing a, a big influx of hockey players coming in? Absolutely, Jeff. That had a huge impact. And then, of course, you got Maroon. Of course. Who, who doesn't like him, right? Yeah. And and the run he's had, he's always been great with the St. Louis people, with the St. Louis girls. Uh, Barry Chapman, another, just a wonderful human being that, that's helped out so much with the girls' programs. But that really was kind of like a catalyst for a lot of the girls coming out to try to play. The advantage to having a learn-to-play or girls play hockey for free is you're out there in an environment where there's not that big of a difference in skill level. Mm -hmm. The thing I find with girls, too, is if you start a girl out, the development, I think, is faster than the boys. They... I don't, I don't want to insult any of the young men out there, but they, they tend to listen better. They tend to respond better to coaching. And, uh, and I think that's why the programs have grown. Even when I had the senior women back, back in the 90s, we got so big that our team had to subdivide and then subdivide again. So we had wow. a green team, we had a purple team, then we had two other teams. And then it just exploded in women's hockey. Now we've got a lot of teams that are playing all across the country. And senior women. That's fantastic. So it's, it's amazing. It really, and yeah. of course, their daughters are playing. Yeah. So it's a no, great thing. I, you're not the first one to tell me that girls listen better than boys yeah. when it comes to coaching. Well, my daughter was like that too growing yeah. up. But you compare my daughter to my son, she was low maintenance. He was not low maintenance. We'll just yep. say. Now, I remember being a kid and, yeah. and, again, talking to one of my sisters who played softball that I would come home and I'd be complaining about something my coach said. And I'd be like, oh, that guy can't even skate. And she'd be like, well, he's your coach. He knows what he's talking about. And I'm just like, no, he doesn't. And I look back now, and it's like, yeah, I really wasn't listening. <laughs> she was. Yeah, they, that's it. And, but they are. And, and the girls are very, they, they get engaged into the game. They understand it. They want to learn. So yeah. we brought two new girls into our team this year. And previously, you know, I don't know where what their coaching was in the past, but I'm, I'm a non-parental coach. So my kids, my kids are all grown. I've got grandkids. So these two girls came, and the first time was really kind of, they were kind of hesitating and almost felt like they didn't belong. We're in two months of practices now, and they fit right in the mix. Yeah. And it just it makes me very proud because our girls take them in. It's not a competition. It's a coordinated effort to bring them in. 
and I, I'm very lucky on our team. We have, I assign four captains a team, two, two with C's and two with A's. And they basically run the team with me. So we communicate about everything. They're such exceptional leaders. As a matter of fact, the one, Sophie, Sophia Whitelaw, I wrote her and Morgan Greenberry up for the Ryan O'Reilly Leadership Award, and Sophia Whitelaw won it and got to ride the Zamboni around. Of course, it was during COVID, so Ryan could only send her a uh, video thing, a video message, but I'm so proud of them. And then this year I added Giovanna Benoit and, and Hannah Lebeau as my captains. And these girls, they, they just take charge. Mm -hmm. And then we don't have issues of drama. We don't have issues of inner fighting or that they, they keep everything on an even keel. Makes my job super easy. Yeah. And I'm very, very proud of all of them. So you mentioned, you know, somebody maybe who had never been exposed to hockey coming in and kind of learning the ropes. So, you know, when you have that new player who maybe never even skated before, who's wanting to join your program, what's something you might tell someone like that? You gotta tell them never to stop playing, never, right. never give up. And, and I always tell them the same thing. I tell them two things, hockey is a game and games should be fun. Mm -hmm. That's number one rule. It's always been my number one rule. And the second thing, if it were easy, everybody would be doing it. You know, you're, you're skating on these little blades, mm -hmm. trying to do several things at one time. It's one of the hardest games to play. Oh yeah. So I said, but if you stick with it and you don't beat yourself up, and I tell this to girls all the time because they get mad when they make a mistake. And I tell them, okay, you can beat yourself up, but you have to give me five players from the pros on down that have never made a mistake and I'll let you beat yourself up. And then they stop and they think about it. And I also tell them there's two, one thing I always tell them is if you think you can or you think you can't, you'll be right. Mm -hmm. So let's start never saying I can't do something. Say, I'm going to try to do this. Or I'll give my best effort. But when you say I can't, you're already setting yourself up for failure. And so that's what we try to promote. So it, it's, it's a life lesson as well. And I think, especially in the girls game, there's a lot of life lessons to be taught about being a strong woman, about being assertive, about understanding your role and taking leadership roles. Actually, any girl on the team could be captain. That's how confident I am of them. Yeah, that's fantastic. Now, I, I remember telling kids when I was coaching, uh, back when Petrangelo was captain, he used to get on after games and talk about, well, I misplayed this and I did this wrong. And I'm like, see, even the captain of the St. Louis Blues knows when he makes a mistake. Everybody makes mistakes. It's a game of mistakes. Yeah. And I never tell kids, I said, you know, don't worry about making a mistake. I said, you will make a mistake. Not if it happens, when it happens. Yep. Because a mistake will happen in every game. Yes, it will. To every player. If it didn't, it'd be a 0-0 game. All the time. Yep. Right? And it would be boring to watch. Yes, it would be. Because <laughs> as a spectator, I'm looking for that other team to make mistakes. I yep. just hope my team, my team makes less mistakes. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so it, it, that's, it's, just, it's just such a fun sport. Yep. It's just such a good sport, and yep. I, I just I just love it. I really do. Yep. Oh yeah. It's it's a. It, I always tell people it's it's a life for me. It's like a culture. It's it's right. more than just I show up to the rink, I play hockey, I go home, I watch the Blues play, and that's it. Like there's times when I'm sitting at work and I'm having a work meeting, and I bring up something that happened in a hockey right. game because it's a leadership moment. It's right. something that happened that that relays to life, and we see that all the time in the sport. And that's oh, why we love so it. So many life lessons out. Yeah. You know, and then when you when you scan everything, just a quick story about uh, Sid Crosby because he gets a lot of bad stuff in the press. Mm -hmm. I was up with the AAA Blues. We had a U14 team. We we're in Pittsburgh, and the girls are watching the practice. Now security won't let you get anywhere near the players. Right. And all the girls got their Blues outfit, which looked just like our St. Louis Blues, right? Yeah. And uh, so afterwards, the girls kind of wanted to. He he's waved to him and mock and tapped the glass. And Conklin was the goalie at the time. Gave our goalie a stick over nice. the glass. 
So the girls really wanted to see Sid Crosby, right? Of course. So they go out on the sidewalk, and everything's gated there. And we see all these SUVs leaving the practice. And then this black SUV pulls to the front of the building, pulls up. And who is it? It's Sid Crosby. Gets out of his SUV, sits there on the step of it, and he's signing autographs. They're all in their blues outfits. That's fantastic. Signing autographs, talking to him. It was amazing. Now I can't say anything bad about Sidney Crosby anymore. anymore. Right. Yeah, I made, a, I made a comment on one of those sites on Facebook, and I was attacked. And I went, well, no, here's why I'm saying this. He really is a good guy. Yeah. And then, you know, in, in my career, I've had the, the opportunity to coach and work with Mano Rayum, who was the first girl to oh, play yeah. pro. Talk about a saint of a person. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were competing. She was coaching Little Caesars, and we were competing against them at the Pittsburgh tournament. And she graciously came into the locker room, even though she's the opposing coach, before the game to talk to the girls and then stayed afterwards and signed autographs and talked to That's why I love the sport so much. Gives me goosebumps. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's it, and she's just a wonderful human being. Yep. And it's just, I can't say, I've really not had very many bad experiences in all the years I've coached. You're going to have a couple little things, you know, there's going to be some parent issues and of some course. players' issues because... You could be the sweetest, juiciest, ripest peach. Somebody's not going to like a peach. Oh, you know? yeah. And, and that happens, but it's so rare. Mm -hmm. It happens so, it just, it's almost negligible the amount yeah. of times it's happened in all those years. It's much more rewarding than it isn't. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so uh, for parents, how do they go about maybe getting their kids involved in Lady Cyclones if they want? Well, our website, they can go to the St. Louis Lady Cyclones website, and you can sign up for just about anything. Our president, Andy Folsom, uh, is very, he answers everything, and we got Rod Falls, and of course, Mr. Greenberry. We've got a lot of good people on our staff, and they will guide them through, through the process. I try to get to some of the learn to plays and stuff because I like meeting the little kids. I love encouraging them, mm. especially the little goalies, because they get so frustrated. Oh, yeah. And you know, they see Coach Joe there, and I'm always real positive. I'm always getting a smile on their face because that's what it's about. Hockey's a game, and games should be fun. Yep. And we can't lose sight of that. We've got to have parents not lose sight of that that these are little people that are growing. They don't need you screaming and yelling at them in the stands at them or at the coaches or at the referees. They need you to support them. And when they get in the car after that game, your question should be, hey, did you have fun? Yeah. Did you learn something? Not, it's terrible that you missed that puck in the corner. You know, they don't need to hear that, they know. Yep. Support them, love them, and have them enjoy the sport. And then when you're in your 60s, 65 like I am, you can still look back and say how much fun it was. You know, yep. your whole life, it's been fun. Yep. My uh, my dad was very always very supportive. We'd get in the car. That was the first thing. Well, did you have fun? Yeah. Okay. Well, let me tell you what you did wrong. And we he would do both. It was right. always like, let's talk about how fun it was, and let's go over the game itself. Which, is, and that's okay. Yeah. But the fun has to come first. Yep. That has to be the priority. And even if they're going for a college scholarship and they have to be serious, you can be serious and you can still have fun. I look at Marc-Andre Fleury. You look at him at every game. The man's having fun. Oh, yeah. That guy is a fun. I'd love to be on a team with him. Oh, yeah. He just brings something to the table. And, you know, if you come into a locker room before a game and there's somebody down, it's very contagious. Mm. And you know from being in a locker room. So what affects one affects all. Mm. So I think our job as coaches and parents is to keep your kid up. Yep. Keep your kid up because when they go in that locker room, they're in a different world then. They're in their world to have their fun for their life. And we shouldn't interrupt that. We should encourage it. Yep. And I and I I, I think for the again, for the most part, parents are understanding that. They yep. really are. 
Good. You're always going to have those outliers, but that's in life. That's, that's good to hear because every a lot of coaches I talk to are like, oh, the parents. So to hear that that you're having good experience with them, that means oh, I think you, I think you have to communicate with parents, mm -hmm. I, and I think you have to communicate with them in a positive way, but a firm way. And you know, 37 years in law enforcement, being a sergeant in the police department all those years, I can do that. Yeah, and, and I can I can be very firm but fair. And, uh, and, and for the most part, it works. Yeah. That's all parents want. A lot of times people just want to vent. And that's not to say coaches don't make mistakes, and I've made them. I might have short-shifted a kid for an entire game because of penalties or whatever, and the parent will come to me and say, what happened? My daughter only played four minutes in that last period. And I have to reevaluate. Say, you know what? You were right. Mm -hmm. and, and that's on me. Mm -hmm. And I think some coaches today are, are they don't want to say that. They, they, they don't want to admit that. But you're, you're a coach. You're human. Yep. And I tell the parents and the kids, don't expect perfection from me because I don't expect it from you. Yep. And we're all going to make mistakes, but as long as we communicate and work it out, we can get past it. We can solve anything. We can handle anything. That's fantastic. And it, and it works. So, again, Lady Cyclones, 20th year. That's unbelievable. And yes. you guys have done some great work. So I want to thank you and the entire organization for everything you've done for the local St. Louis girls. We all appreciate it. We love seeing the success that we're getting in a lot of it from, you know, the, the Olympics, the Division One athletes. It's a lot of it stems from Lady Cyclones. So it does. It thank does. you very much for all the work. Thank you, guys you for doing in. this and bringing attention to us. It's, it's so great when we get this type of thing in the press so that people know what we're really doing, what we're really about. Right. And it's about the kids. Once it becomes about something else, it's, it's no good. It's right. got to be about the kids and them having a good time. Well, that's, that's Coach Joe. They call you Coach Joe? Coach Joe is what I'm known about everywhere. All right, Coach Joe. Coach Joe Bova Conti of the Lady Cyclones. Thank you very much for coming on the Thanks, show today. Thanks, Jeff, for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, sir. Really good interview, Jeff. I uh, yeah, I think it was it was an, one of your better ones because I think he did most of the talking. <laughs> <laughs> the less Jeff, the better. <laughs> <laughs> now he i i want to comment on uh i but kind of i just i wrote down that when he said everyone makes mistakes you know it's a game of mistakes how many times have we kind of mentioned that or I've, i know I've, talked I, about that. I've told people the same thing i'm like you know ah oh, well he messed up i'm like yeah play, hockey is a game of mistakes you just hope that your team makes fewer mistakes than the other team and not in bad situations right yep. i mean that, that that's just you want to take advantage of the other team's mistakes. That's how you win games. Yep. And that's, and that is exactly the way he felt. We talked about it a little bit off camera too. Just the fact that like every single team, every game, doesn't matter how good you are. Detroit Red Wings, the 2003 team that everybody says is the greatest team in history. They made mistakes. They lost games. If they didn't make mistakes, they would have gone 82 plus 16 and oh, whatever that is. 98? Did I do math? I think I did math. Thank, Thank you. you. Wow. Um, <laughs> um, they would have been 98 and oh, and guess what? They weren't. So it's just a matter of like, and again, this is what I used to tell kids when I coached them too. It's you can't let yourself get too bogged down by making a mistake. There was times I'd see a kid, he'd make a mistake, he'd throw a stick on the rink and he'd say, or he'd throw a stick on the bench and he'd jump over the boards and he'd go, coach, don't play me anymore this game. No, no, you're going right back out there, kid. You're getting your ass right back out there next shift because you are going to make up for that mistake you made. Like, don't, I'm not gonna let you leave here and focus on that mistake. That's part of the game. That's how it works.
Yeah, no, that was fantastic. I, and I think uh, it, it helps when the person you're interviewing just is so comfortable uh, talking about the subject. And it just, that just shows that how knowledgeable someone is about, because if, if someone's, if someone's is speaking well on a topic and is fluent and is, you know, is not nervous. I mean, that just shows they're really confident in, in what they're talking about. Um, so that was, that was pretty fantastic. And uh, yeah, he was, and yeah, it was, uh, you did a good job. Very well done. Thank you. I appreciate it. No, he's, he was one of my favorite guests. And what I said at the top of the show is true that I've had more fun with this summer series than I have with any other one. And that's shocking. Cause again, shocking. remember in 2020, I did I did interviews with Jeff Brown, my favorite player as a kid. Um, uh, uh, Grant Fior was on that summer. Bernie Federko. I mean, those were fun. Don't get me wrong, but being able to talk to these coaches just understand the way that their minds work when they're coaching a game and working with kids for the first time, and and just just learning the ins and outs of the game from their their view, their mindset. Uh, that has been so much fun for me. And I think that's something I want to continue to do for this show um, over summers, because I think it's, 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 it's at the very least it's, it's entertaining and it's educational for everybody listening. Well, I enjoyed it. And I know a lot of the listeners enjoyed it too, that uh, were uh, hanging around in the chat. They said so. Mm. Uh, M- Matt Harris brought up something before we get into, I, I guess we're, we're kind of in the uh, rapid fire tidbits from around the NHL now and we'll talk about McKinnon contract in a second but uh, Matt Harris did bring up something that uh, that I'll, I'll put on screen uh, he says now that Char is retired there are no players left that have lost a playoff round to the Toronto Maple Leafs and I saw that little snippet uh, the other day I thought that was pretty funny that and, um, the, the, the Leafs are so fun to be the last on. time the last time the Toronto Maple Leafs won a playoff series Queen Elizabeth was still alive Wait, she died? Maybe. She passed away? I haven't seen it yet. Thanks. Spoiler. <laughs> oh, sorry to spoil it. <laughs> Damn it. I was I recorded the last two weeks of CNN and I just Oh well, sorry. You missed out. <laughs> Kurt's favorite show is The Crown, so yeah, he'll never, never watch it again. I've heard good things about it. Heard good things. My wife my wife did say right when that happened, that was the first thing she said. She came home from work. I was like, I guess you heard the news about Queen Elizabeth. And she goes, yep, I know that uh, Top Stream Show is going to be the crown in the next couple of days. Yeah, like, that's probably yeah, true. you're right, actually. Yeah. And she was right. We kept watching it climb up the rankings in Netflix. Uh, okay, so uh, Nathan McKinnon signs the richest NHL, richest current NHL contract as uh, the highest paid player in the NHL for now, uh, I guess until Austin Matthews uh, signs next season, probably. Right. Uh, eight years, 12.6 million cap hit, 108 million total on the contract. 85.3 million is coming from a signing bonus, uh, by way of signing bonuses. Um, McKinnon has always said that he would be taking less than fair market value. So his team could continue, could win or continue to win. Uh, and so they could sign more guys, right? Have more money for other people. Uh, in 2019, he was quoted as saying, on my next deal, I'll take less again because I want to win with this group. So uh, I guess I guess he got his cup. And uh, so now that philosophy is kind of out the window and he wants to get paid now, which is fine. You know, that's, you know, whatever. Uh, I just thought that whole about face was interesting. I, I know there was a lot of uh, back and forth with uh, Avalanche fans, you know, when 
when that comment was made about how he's going to take less again. And they're like, ha ha, see, we can retain one of the best players in NHL for less than fair market value. Suck it. And, uh, well, that's not the case anymore. I, I love the little nudge. Come on. he You know this was on purpose, right? McKinnon. Uh, I like Matt Harris's comment. You should pull that one up on screen. Um, McKinnon can't hear you over the sound of his ring. Well, he still has one more ear, so he needs to win one <laughs> right. more. Yeah. Um, Patrick Waugh, quite... he is not. Yeah, it's not quite yeah, the right. Waugh quote. Not quite. Yeah, Almost. not quite. Not quite. Uh, but no, I, I love the little nudge of, was it $100,000 he's making more than Connor McDavid? Yeah. It so is it's... so slightly more than him. And it's just, you know, Which... that was like, okay, I'll take that much, but you got to add a little bit because I got to make more than Connor. Yeah, and that's interesting because he went from, I'll take less than fair market value, I'll take less to play here, to essentially wanting the highest contract in the NHL, right? To have it just yep. a tick over McDavid. So you know that yep. was that was negotiated in, right? Somehow. Oh, yeah. It's like, I want this. I want to be the highest paid player. It's like, that is a massive turnabout. Uh, yeah. from him yeah and i i think uh i am not a nathan mckinnon fan i'm sorry for those of you i know we've got a couple um, of people that listen that are avalanche and blues fans for some very odd reason um <laughs> but that i'll never understand but um uh, i am just not a nathan mckinnon fan i I'm i don't either. like the the diet thing he puts his teammates through i think that is just such overkill he just seems like a douche to be honest, he just seems like a guy that, you know, I look and listen, I am not, I'm just a fucking beer league hockey player. I'm a nobody, but like, I like guys, like I've gone to a bar and, and I'm going to totally name drop here. I've gone to a bar and had a beer with Ozzy Smith before, like ran into him at the bar. People say awful guy, right? That dude sat down with me for an hour and we just sat and talked about him playing for the Cardinals and his son going on American Idol. Like, I feel like I can't do that kind of thing with Nathan McKinnon. I feel like if I walked into a bar and saw Nathan McKinnon there and tried to have a conversation with him, they would just be shut down instantly. And and I just, I don't know, not a fan of his. Who would go to a bar? That's true. That's, <laughs> That's a good true. point. Unless it was a kale bar. Uh, H2O bar. Uh, a kale bar, uh, kale McCarr bar. Hey, mm. uh, Matt Harris said, uh, kale McBar, kale McBar, kale McBar. <laughs> uh, Colorado misses playoffs next year due to cap constraints. Confirmed. Um, that's one of the things I wanted to actually talk about. Um, was that, uh, well, first, he came out a few days ago. Uh, before this contract was signed. And he said, this deal won't, you know, I, this, this deal is almost done. Uh, it won't be in the single digits, meaning 9 million. It'd be 10 plus. That's way over 10. Um, yeah. but, but, he, but he said, it, but it will be a fair contract. <laughs> I'm not so sure. I don't think you can call the richest deal in the NHL fair. I'm yeah. not sure that applies unless you're Ovechkin or something, you know. Um, I, I'm, I, I don't I don't like this deal for Colorado. I, I don't listen, either. Nathan, I don't Nathan McKinnon is a hell of a player and you have to lock him up. But I just look at it and say, you've got too much other talent elsewhere that you're going to have to pay. And let's face it, McKinnon is a little injury prone. I don't like this deal for them. Yeah. His top this, 
this was the year that that he didn't face the big injury, especially in the playoffs. So, yeah, yeah I mean that, that was that was the thing that you know I was I was waiting for, hoping to happen, didn't happen. Yeah, going forward, oof, uh, you know, that, as, that's a lot of risk. As far as I I I like this deal being a, a rival of yes you know, the Avalanche. I uh, this only is only going to you know hurt Colorado to some degree. Uh, for signing better players in the future or, or retaining some of their own players. Uh, their top three guys, Rantanen, McCarr, and now McKinnon, have an average cap hit, if you combine them all, of $10 million per season. So, And remember we made a big deal about, uh, was it the uh, uh, Taze and, and uh, Kane making $10 million each? You know, that was a big deal. This well, and that's, that's what I was going to add, was that I was excited when they signed those contracts. Yeah. Because I remember just being like, oh, that's going to hamstring them in the future. Good. You throw in you throw in Landeskog at seven million, uh, and they got to jump through some hoops next season because uh, they have seven unrestricted free agents, you know, five forwards, two defensemen to deal with, uh, and only fourteen as of right now. Um, it's a projected cap space of fourteen million to sign or to fill seven slots. Um, and McKinnon said in the Athletic after the deal was done, "There's no reason why we can't win again." And I'm thinking maybe next season, this coming season, mm-hmm. right? Because you got this, you've got essentially the same roster, more or less, um, minus Kadri, I guess. But um, and, and their goaltending is is different. But uh, so maybe this, yeah, this this coming season is different. But the one after, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, they got they, they're gonna look a lot different uh, n- next season. Yeah, I I look at their roster and say. I think they can be just as good this year. Um, I goaltending, eh, I don't know. I mean, depends on if France. I think if France Sue stays healthy, I think he becomes the starter. Um, I'm not a big Yorkiev guy. I don't think he can lead a team to the promised land. But maybe on this roster, if anyone can do it with him, I guess it would be Colorado. But again, you just mentioned Nazem Kadri. As much as I hate the guy. Uh, he was a big deal for them in the playoffs. I mean, not only because he was putting up points, but because he became an emotional leader for them because of yeah. the shit in St. Louis, unfortunately. You know, right. uh, like, it he's was, uh, the reason a, we didn't make it through. Yeah, that's yeah, a big reason. I, and I think and the, the the him being him coming out of the whole situation like some kind of a hero, what uh, you know, or was someone to be admired was just pissed me off oh we yeah about it a lot i mean he was he is not a guy to be admired i mean yeah if you're an avalanche fan you know the game after the whole shit that went down uh he scores a hat trick right in the face of all this you know uh these idiots online attacking him and stuff uh so he comes out and scores a hat trick and then all and it's like it's like storybook right for 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 abs fans and for i guess the nhl they can then promote this story as something heroic that he did. And it's like, you, do you know who this man is? He's yeah. a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. The, the suspension history, right? Yeah. You cannot separate him from the suspension history. And that, that is his legacy. And that, you know, it, 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 the term whitewash seems completely inappropriate here but it seems like you know it's it's pushed the you know pushed his history 
you know the the, the narrative that that became during last year's playoffs uh, has has just completely um you know deleted that history and that that's just you know, he's he's a complicated person a complicated hockey player he had a great postseason but his legacy is still suspension after suspension right. injury after injury and the another whole beauty the whole thing that started this, it well the i was, I was gonna is, say kurt while you say this pull up that latest comment by divide by zero because that another beauty of of what we're using now we can pull those up i think that is right. well said well yeah, and 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 this whole that whole thing started, and we don't have to rehash all this again. But I just want to say the the whole thing started because he, you know, drove hard to the net to to create contact with Bennington. You know that that was, I mean, that that's that's where the whole thing started. This whole snowball thing started, and so that was what's and it, to to you know end up having the league put him on a pedestal as, as something to be worshipped was just, you know, I, I, it wasn't just another playoff series loss. It was kind of like, it, it felt like it did losing to the Hawks, you know, back in the day when there was like, it wasn't just losing the playoff series. It was like losing to them. Right. Yeah. It just sucked extra, extra hard. So, well, I, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you guys, like when all that went down and Bennington got hurt and it was even during the series, and we were reading all the comments on social media. I had to jump off social media. Like, yeah, I know bad. we talk about so that. Bad. We we talk about like, oh yeah, I had to take a break. I literally had to get off social media for like days at a time because I was starting to lose my shit with how the media was just all over it and just, oh yeah, Kadri, hero, this guy's great. Bennington's an ass, and it's just like, are we just? Am I warping into another time frame where Kadri wasn't a piece of shit? Like, yeah, obviously, what was said to him by by a very small, select few St. Louisans was awful, and I do not condone any of it. But to play the hero with him, I lost my shit. I was like, I can't take this. Like this, well, this is bothering me to where I can't focus on normal life. It bothered me to my core and i had to take a break from it i'm like i gotta get away from this this is awful yeah you know, it was the it was the media uh propping him up it was the it and i we i said this a number of times that i've dealt with a every team's fan base over the past you know since whenever what 99 2000 whenever like discussion forums were you know popular and you'd debate hockey with other teams fans it just uh, tons of discussions with other teams fans some great some not some toxic but those avalanche fans last year uh not all of them but a lot of them a lot of them were the worst group of fans as a whole that i have ever dealt with online the oh yeah trollingest dumbest uh just i don't know i don't know if it was a bunch of bandwagoners that were just it was awful i remember so going bad. into the series and making a comment about how i was excited because i've only had good interactions with avalanche fans like like this series is going to be fun because that's how i felt with the minnesota yeah. series i mean we had we had i remember we had one idiot that we had to block from the twitter 
uh, our Let's Go Blues Radio Twitter. Yeah, we did, didn't we? Was... He started <laughs> making some ridiculous claims about what was going on. Whatever. That's a whole other thing. But it, that was one idiot in a, what, six-game series, five-game series, whatever that was. Um, with the Avalanche fans, like I said, going into the series, I was like, this is going to be fun. We're going to have a good time, Avalanche fans. Looking forward to this. But then the minute all that happened with Kadri and Bennington, I was just like, these are some of the dumbest people I've ever talked to on social media. And that is saying a lot. It was, it was bad. <laughs> it was really bad. Cause you, and you, you like to have a back and forth with the team's fans. You know, you get some good conversation. There was none. It was not, yep. I oh, mean, none of what, uh, F one, one seven, whatever it is. Nighthawk that are the, is a, is a blues and as fan. You know, she was like one of the few that I saw yeah. that was just just she, a great. She had a friend that was commenting with her that yeah. was being pretty awesome. Yeah. But like they were outside cool. of those two, I yeah, it was all bad. It and was it wasn't all bad experiences. And it wasn't even like going. It was. It wasn't a matter of like going into their circles. Uh, it was like they were coming into you know the STL blue hashtag STL blues feeds and stuff and just just it just being complete. Yeah, you've always got a handful, right? Every series of morons saying stupid stuff, trolling. It was, it was like oh, there's we see ninety five percent, man. It was awful. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, every team, every fan base, blues do, blues do, do. Oh yeah. I mean, that, it, I'm sure Kadri could tell you. <laughs> yeah, there's this awesome, guy. Man. There's this guy uh, on Blues Twitter named Billy Blue Note that is just awful. Oh yeah, I can't just, scan the guy. He's nonstop. Such yeah. a prolific tweeter of garbage. <laughs> Uh, I think that'll that'll wrap up uh, this episode. A uh, nice little uh, live show with a nice interview. I think that was a winner. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, on, on the not platform. only wrap up the episode, wrap up the season. Wrap up the season, guys. Yeah. Ten seasons officially in the books. In that's the books. Uh, that's impressive. Yeah, uh, not too many uh, podcasts do that. Stick with something for ten seasons. Yeah, so. it's something to pat ourselves on the back for you two more so than me i joined late and you know i'm i'm just here to be pretty and all that and L- late like what a good job seven seasons ago or something whatever it was yeah, yeah something I like mean, that it was a while ago yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh kurt i mean literally like i know we've said this on the show before first time i ever met you was episode one I mean, in person, we right. talked. Yeah, we yeah. we talked online a ton, but like we literally met. Like I think we uh, we met in your car because we met at the um, right because I had to drive you on to campus because I had the right. parking pass for the studio that was on campus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the first time I ever meet Kurt Price is meeting in a parking lot and just being like, "Hey." Drive me to the studio we're going to record at. By the way, I'm Jeff. <laughs> like, it was just. Yeah. And then we went and we recorded an episode together. I mean, it was literally the first time we had ever met. It was. Yeah. It's wild to think and, about, but and look at us now. Considering that was the fact, we had never talked in person before. And the fact that we did a show, I mean, we look back on it, listen to the show. It was like, you know, it's kind of cringy. We're like, oh my gosh, we've, oh, it's we've so changed bad. so much. And it's, it's, we've gotten a lot more, you know, the back and forth has been a lot better, but you know, considering everything that you just said, and it was the, fir- that was actually pretty good. We, we didn't yeah. do very bad. It was pretty good for the first ever episode uh, the flow I mean, was if good. You, if you tune into the show, right. If you, if you were, cause it's on Facebook, if you go over Facebook yeah. right now, you could look up our first episode uh, on our Facebook page. Literally, the start is what? Me going like this. 
and welcome to St. Louis Blues Radio. Uh, this is Jeff Ponder, and uh, I'm joined by Kirk Price and Jeff Queeran. Today, we're going to talk about the St. Louis Blues Giants signing Jason Arnott and uh, Jamie Langenbrunner. I mean, it that <laughs> we were so timid, and we like listen to us now, and we're just like, blah, let's just yell at each other. It's, it's a comfort, it's a comfortability thing. I think that <laughs> I think the conversation was good. I think the content was good. But I just think it's it it it's presented a lot better now, and I think oh it's yeah, a, there's a it's just different. I mean, it's yep po- more more not that we're polished by any means, but I think it's it's much more polished. We're a polished <laughs> turd. We're just we're not just a turd anymore. We're a polished turd. Right, right. <laughs> Whatever you got to do. All right, uh, support for let's go blues. Oh, so next episode, I guess uh, season eleven. There we go. Whenever that uh, is, it'll be next, next week, week, right? Next week, probably next Wednesday is my guess. We're gonna launch season eleven, and we're live from now on, right? I mean, uh, the, the rare occasion we'll have an episode where maybe we're we can't go live, but throughout the season, if you're new to the show, we're here live every Wednesday. My wife still cannot understand this. Every Wednesday, unless the Blues play that night, then we will right. record on Tuesday or Thursday, right? Yeah, or some... I still say that to her, and she's like, "What? <laughs> what?" And I'm like, "How long have we been together?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, that's that's the plan, and that's you almost know. every that's every week that there's a the odd week we might do something weird and record yep. on a weekend. I can't remember the last time we did that, but uh, yeah, that's that's generally how it goes. Yep. Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by IDLife, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA. Visit rockinthatidlife.com for more information. That's rockinthatidlife.com. And get 10% off by emailing Dustin at rockinthatidlife at gmail.com and telling the Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And by Center Ice Brewery, St. Louis's tasty hockey-themed beer. Check out your local beer vendors for availability. That's Center Ice Brewery Beer. Please drink responsibly. That'll wrap up episode 58 of season 10, which, what did I say? is 276 of all time. 276 of all time. Three. Of 376. 376. Yeah, 376. It's a lot. Just we'll be hitting 100 episodes. I know. Shame <laughs> on me. Of the original and the longest running St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, uh, Let's Go Blues Radio. Thanks for listening, and thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the live show on the new format, the new platform here. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. For Jeff Ponder and Bull Day, I'm Kurt Price. Until next time, everyone, let's go blues. Let's go blues. Let's go blues. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. <laughs> Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues. Have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The Blues are on the ice tonight again. They're up and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friends.